Hey everybody, Mike Claiborne here, and welcome once again to another podcast here on ClavesOnline.com. And with us is our good friend, Dr. Rick Lehman. And Rick, we have so much to talk about with regard to COVID and testing and everything else that's going on in sports. So let's not waste any time, but first we'll tell everybody that the homeowner ex- expert, Ryan Kelly, is bringing this podcast to us today, along with our good friends from Ameren, Illinois, and certainly Munganass. Toyota over in Alton, Illinois. And don't forget, they're also in Manchester, Missouri as well. And we are powered by Ameren, Illinois. So first of all, Rick, let's talk a little bit about what the latest news is with regard to COVID. And it's now starting to affect athletes. Uh, We've had a player in the NFL with a heart issue. And now five so far have been documented with regard to having the same condition in the Big Ten. So tell us a little bit about what we're dealing with here. You know, I think you got a couple of issues here. They're talking about myocarditis, which is an inflammation of the lining of the heart, which can actually be fatal. Generally, you treat it like any virus with antivirals and people get better, but everybody doesn't get better. And some people are actually left with chronic heart problems, heart failure, heart disease, uh, fluid overload. So, I mean, it can be extremely problematic long-term. I think the bigger thing is, and I think we're seeing the, the difference between Major League Baseball and in the NHL and the NBA, and that is how are you going to control a, a football team? I don't care if it's the NFL, if it's the SEC. You, you know, you're not – you can't expect that there's not going to be a significant number of ill football players, positive tests, transmission, et cetera. So I, I think the bubble system seems to be working – so far, it's been actually pretty good. Major League Baseball, not so much. But I think you have Major League Baseball on steroids compared to just Major League Baseball. When you're trying to move a whole football team, ancillary staff, coaches, there's three times as many coaches, equipment guys. So, again, I, I think football is just sitting there being ready to be a nightmare. You know, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I, I kind of see this as being a, a real disaster. And I think it's going to set sports back. Uh, a great deal. Now, colleges get out out from under the hook because we're dealing with kids and students. They're not allegedly paying anyone. But in the NFL, they seem hell-bent on making this happen one way or the other. They've had, what, 69 players that elected to opt out. But I just don't see how this thing is going to work where they can be safe. Uh, there, there isn't a bubble big enough for this situation. And if there was, it was poorly planned. And, you know, I was talking to somebody recently who, who kind of threw something together where maybe they could have had a bubble uh, at various training camps in the state of Texas because you've got enough facilities there. But I think that that's too far down the road now. So how does this, how's this going to work? And, and we've already agreed it's not going to work, but what do you think was the, was the impetus for them feeling like they can move forward with this? Well, I, I, I think that they're, they're arrogant a little bit. And I think they feel like, Hey, we're the NFL. We're going to play. And, we're going to be able to control it. Well, Major League Baseball thought they could control it. <laughs> and, you know, the Cardinals have proved they can't control it. The Marlins have proved they can't control it. And I think the bigger problem is, is you have much greater risk in the NFL. Why is that? Number one, you got guys that are, you know, just to be honest, grossly overweight. You have a lot of people that are on CPAP machines that have breathing problems. If you're 6'6", 360 pounds, you're going to have trouble breathing. I don't care who you are. Number two, I think you have much less healthy athletes, you know, not at the running back or the wide receiver, but you got linemen, you got guys, you got 
kickers that are smoking. I mean, you got lots of issues. You don't have a major league baseball. And in generally, I think the health of the NFL football player is, is not as good by design. So based on that, I think you have a problem. The second thing, I, I, I think that the NFL believes that they're far enough down the line, you know, that the season's going to start late enough that everyone's going to be over that, over this COVID. And, and that just that doesn't seem to be reality right now. You know, um, I think we're going to have a real problem. I, I don't think there's any question about it. And I think this is going to really put a dent in sports. But you called something else and um, with regard to baseball. Uh, you said earlier that Major League Baseball would have injuries uh, once we push the start button again. And it seems like that's starting to unfold where we're starting to see some pitchers go down and some other players go down. Um, do you think these are COVID-related injuries where the fact they had been on the shelf for so long? Or could this be part of what COVID is all about, where you may be positive, you may not be, but in some way, shape, or form, we've seen it with the heart issues in football. But are we going to see more of this? Well, I think I predicted lots of soft tissue injuries. I'm no genius. Um, but you're seeing a lot of pitchers with problems out of the gate. Some of that is to maybe, maybe a shortened spring training, shortened getting ready season. You know, guys, when they didn't know when they were going to play, certainly weren't prepping to get ready to play baseball. Everybody was wait, waiting and seeing. So I think that's an issue. The other issue is that you brought it up, and, and, and I've talked about it before. I think everyone's got a little touch of the COVID. There's no way if you're in the Cardinal locker room and 19 players and staff have a disease that you're just scot-free. It, it's in the air. It's everywhere. You can't be. So I think you have a weakened immune system. I think your ability to bounce back, to recover, what we call the recovery phase is limited. And I think some of these injuries are just the inability to have a normal recovery period. And so we're seeing overuse, we're seeing strains, we're seeing pitchers getting shut down. And I think this is just the beginning of that. I think we're going to see that on, on a significant basis going forward. The other issue I think we're going to see, and you know, the Cardinals have been bit maybe worse than anybody so far, but this isn't going to be the last team that you're going to see all of a sudden miss 15 or 16 games. Now, how you're going to make up 16 games or 15 games or 10 games in a 60 game season, I'm not quite sure. But I think it also, the point being, puts pressure on the pitchers, on the players. So all of a sudden they come back, they're playing double hitters every night. Well, how's that going to work? Well, that's overload. That's guys breaking down, and that's what you're going to see. Well, you know, I want to go one step further on that. And I, I mentioned this earlier to Frank Cusimano, that if I'm the Cardinals and they're going to – they push the reset button again, there's no way a Flaherty or a Wainwright or any of my young prospects – uh, as far as pitchers are concerned, are going to give me six, seven, eight innings. Uh, I just don't think that they're in that frame of mind physically. Now, mentally, they may think they can do it, but they have to listen to their body. So I have to do it in moderation. I cannot let these guys go out and pitch more than what they think they can, even though they've been throwing on the side and doing little things. But now that they've gone back to inactivity because they've been quarantined again for the most part, how do you feel about that? Because I just think that we're begging or cruising for a bruising, as the nuns used to say to me in high school or in grade school. Well, I think that's right. So, so think about it. This is a short season. We're going to play 60 games. We're going to have lots of starts. We're going to have a few days off. Is it really worth it for, for a Flaherty to 
jeopardize his whole career, the whole rest of his career, getting injured for this season when, when quite honestly, the Cardinals probably aren't really going anywhere, right? They're, they're not a team that you look at and say, this is the Dodgers, the Yankees. They're just not there yet. Now, that doesn't mean they, they, they won't be. That just means right now they've had kind of a rocky start. Guys are sick. Guys have to get healthy. Is this really the season that you're going all out for to maybe have a long-term injury? So that's the first problem. The second problem is you can't take a guy who hasn't pitched, maybe he's had a, a limited spring training or abbreviated spring training, and then expect to get six, seven, eight innings out of him when, A, he should only be pitching five or six innings, and B, he hasn't really gotten to where he can pitch five or six innings because he hasn't pitched five or six innings. Basically, these guys have been resting and waiting and hoping that this COVID thing turns around. Now, what direction it's going to go in, nobody knows. More positive tests. The season could be over for them. But for a pitcher, I think I would be more cautious than less cautious. Talk about testing for a second. Um... We hear about different sports leagues, NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball, that have the testing procedure. What's different in their testing procedure in, in sports compared to the testing that the John Q. Public gets when he goes in to get tested? What's the biggest difference? And what's the most accurate test that you've run across so far? Because there are a whole lot of them that seem to be out there, and we're getting false positives. We've got people who aren't as confident in some of the tests as they are others. So give me the biggest difference between what you and I, or maybe just me, would get compared to what these professional sports leagues are getting, and what, do you, what have you found to be the most accurate? Well, so one thing to, to touch on that is we've seen over and over again guys test negative and then test positive. Mm -hmm. So they get their initial test, it's negative, then all of a sudden they test positive. So, so no test 100%. The PCR test, which is the one everybody hates, where you stick the swab up your nose all the way to your brain, is the most accurate. But it takes a few days to get back. The test we're using in surgery right now is the buckle swab, where you stick the little swab inside your mouth, you get some DNA cells, and you get cells that are immediately uh, tested. And that's about a 15 to 30 minute test turnaround which is what we need. We have patients coming in from out of town. They got to get tested. They have to be COVID negative before they can have surgery. And the least accurate is the blood test. And the blood tests, I think, so far have, have been a disappointment. We haven't really been able to hang our hats on that. But by far, the best test is the PCR test. And that test has been taking three, four days to come back, number one. And all these tests are, are, have a lot of false positives. They really do, and some false negatives. So based on that, and the NBA guys are in Florida, we're seeing a little bit of that once they get hurt, they come back after they've quarantined. But I think what we're going to start seeing is we're going to start seeing lots and lots of baseball injuries as baseball gets started. You know, I, I'm thinking, and we don't know how far this football is going to go. Uh, we know we won't see the high school. We won't see college, I don't feel. Uh, the NFL, what do, you, what do you think we're going to see injury there? Because they're not going to have any games until the season starts. So there's a lot of practice, a lot of reps. I'm of the belief that in football, you need a couple of games of actual football contact. And as we see, they're getting softer and softer with regard to not having contact in practice. What do you think we're going to see a lot of when they do resume play in the NFL? 
Well, I think you're going to see a few things. One, you're going to have a, an overweight problem. All the guys are going to be a little bit overweight, and I think they're going to waver that. And we've already talked about that mm -hmm. in our memos and some of our conferences. So that's the first thing. I think you're going to start, you're going to see a lot of soft tissue injuries, lots of hammies, um, lots of hip strains, et cetera. But I think you're also going to see a significant number of knee injuries because I think guys are going to be ill-conditioned. And I think running pass patterns is one thing. Running pass patterns with an NFL safety on your butt is a different thing. And I think you're going to start, we're going to see a significant number of knee injuries. But the first couple games, I think you're going to be surprised with the number of soft tissue injuries because I think guys just can't, like you said, cannot get in a condition. And guys that are used to the system, they go into camp, you know, they're not really excited about being in camp. They're not really excited about the first one or two preseason games, but then they're ramping up, ramping up. And that's where their mindset is. Those guys, you, it, it's hard for an athlete to change their routine. And we're asking these athletes to completely change their routine. And that's why I think we're seeing a problem in Major League Baseball. And I think we're going to see a similar problem in the NFL. If the NFL plays, which I'm still not 100% sold. I, I would agree with you. All right, final question. Uh, we've seen games now in baseball. Uh, we've seen hockey. We've seen basketball. What is still the most simple, most common thing people can do who are playing a sport or try, just trying to get out and enjoy the weather and, and get themselves back into shape? Is it still just washing your hands and making sure you wear a mask, or is it something else people can do to make sure they, A, protect themselves and certainly the people around them? Well, there was just an article out of talking about masks. So I think everybody should read Google this mm -hmm. article um, from Duke University, and it talks about what are good masks and bad masks. And, and going to put your bandana up is, is probably a waste of your time. So I think you should probably get the best mask you can, which isn't that easy. Number two, I, I think washing your hands is a no-brainer. We should be washing our hands anyway. You know, why, why are we all of a sudden re-exploring that we should wash our hands? And as I've said before, I think the safest thing you can do is, one, stay away from people. So walking in the park, you know, tennis, golf, sports that are, that are naturally separated or your friends. And B, and then the second thing is probably the most important is your immune system. And I think you have to take care of your immune system personally. And we've talked about this in the past. Everyone should be on zinc. Everyone should be on vitamin D3. Everyone should go on the internet and buy some colloidal silver. Everybody should be taking magnesium. And it now looks like everybody probably should be taking an aspirin a day, which decreases the platelet aggregation in your lungs. Because one of the big problems when you get COVID is you get blood clots in your lungs. You get blood clots everywhere, but it's a primary lung disease. And to get rid of that pulmonary or that lung blood clot, it seems like an aspirin a day, baby aspirin a day, will help you if by chance you do get the virus. And everyone, a lot of people are gonna get the virus it, it, in different fashions. You may never be sick, you may be asymptomatic, you may think you just have a cold, or you may be very sick. But if you get it and you're prepared, you're probably not gonna be very sick. You know, we talked earlier about the heart issue um, that's COVID related. What do you think we may see down the road? I mean, granted, we're in the very early stages of seeing the side effects aside from death um, that COVID has now brought to the party. From a respiratory standpoint, a heart trend standpoint, we already know about those things. Is there anything else on the, on the horizon you think we might start to see more of? Yeah, you're going to see a neurologic deficit. You're going to see people that come 
that get COVID. Some of them will be on ventilators. Some of them will be not sick. And they're going to have neural problems, memory problems, um, mentation problems, cognitive problems. You know, they just won't feel as sharp. Maybe they forget their third child's name or their birthday. They just, they just lose a little. And we're already seeing that early on. I think we're going to see people with heart disease, as you said, at the end of the road. People are going to get a little bit of myocarditis. They're not really going to have the same muscle strength in their heart that they had. They're going to have exercise intolerance. They're going to have problems in terms of blood pressure, et cetera. And then the last thing I think we're going to see, which no one's really talked about, is long-term lung disease. And what is that going to be? That's going to be people that almost, and I've seen it, and people are starting to just talk about it, but it's almost like you were a long-term smoker or you were a long-term mm -hmm. asthmatic because some of those clots are going to kill little components of the lung, small areas of the lung, small areas of the lung, and you're just not going to have that full complement. So if you're a long-distance runner or you're somebody that likes to work out, all of a sudden you're huffing and puffing, walking up a flight of stairs, you don't understand it. I think we're going to see some long-term effects where the lung is permanently injured. Well, as we're learning firsthand, this thing has a whole lot of tentacles to it that, that, that are touching people in a lot of different ways. And uh, we just have to live and learn and, and try and adjust along the way. Rick Lehman, as always, sir, it's great to visit with you. Keep up the great work. And of course, we'll be doing this again. And we thank everybody for paying attention to what we're doing today. Uh, final parting shots, anything else we need to know about before we get out of here? You know, I, Mike, first of all, I appreciate being on, and it's truly an honor, and it's an honor to have you as a good friend. I think moving forward, we just have to pay attention to what's going on nationally, and, and when, when the media is talking about an increase or a bump in the Midwest, you have to take that to heart, and, and I'm not somebody who admonishes people or says, don't get in a pool with 50 of your best friends or don't go to Sturgis, but a little bit of logic for the next few months is going to go a long way. So, you know, don't throw that party. If everyone's in the swimming pool, stay away from the swimming pool. Go to Sturgis next year. Just, just a little bit of common sense because we had an uptick. We still have a smaller uptick. We're not past this. And when you get past it, go back to your normal social ways. But for right now, I just think you have to, you have to take this seriously and, and you only have to see one or two people get it and do poorly to realize this is no joke. You know, I think we have to come to grips where we have to trade common sense or check, trade, trade comfort and convenience for common sense. And if you apply common sense, you're going to be out of your comfort zone a little bit, but at least you won't be in, in a morgue or even a situation that's longstanding where you'll be in bad shape. So, I just think, yeah, you're right. It's common sense. Uh, you know, you're right. Just put a few things on the back burner so you can eventually come back to them. I agree. He's Dr. Rick Lehman. I'm Mike Claiborne. We thank you for watching, and we'll have another one of these beauties coming your way before you know it. And we want to thank our friends from Ameren, Illinois, Fast Eddie's Bonaire, Munganas, Toyota, and certainly our good friend Ryan Kelly, the home loan expert 